from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Guys, this week we managed to actually have a guest that's not just a live stream of a fascinating game on Dice Check, but at the cost of a regular co-host as Evan Valdike joins us to hit the high points from around the community. My name is John. It's pretty grim after dark. You got the, you got the cool music. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Adepticon. Uh, my team got uh, the best uh, display at the team tournament. We had a pretty awesome uh, Malal themed display with a Malal uh, Sons of Malice fighting Grey Knights, um, and we even made like a codex to give out to our opponents and stuff. That was pretty fun. Uh, so when did, you gave your opponents your codex, were you like, "These are the rules we're using. Uh, <laughs> here is a copy of my book." Uh, that did try to try to make it as accurate as possible, but we also had like our there was definitely little mistakes in it, so we uh, had our real stuff on hand. So we it was go, accurate as possible my, because it had lots yeah, of little mistakes. To, hold on uh, a second, just, hold on. I got a question about Adepticon display boards. They are getting more and more elaborate. When do you think that they're going to actually just go the distance and someone just shows up with an ice cream truck? So, I think that would be very appealing to the, 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 the judges. The problem is now you have to figure out how to... They've limited the footprints. So... This That's is where the verticality yeah, is increasing. Yes, the verticality that that Age of Sigmar <laughs> oh one that they showed off went went up. Uh, so we we definitely went up as well, and we actually figured out we had a mo spinning, and our space station fit in the footprint when it was static, but it definitely spun outside it, forward and back. But you guys, this is where knowing where you can bend the rules matters, because the point is in the display hall they don't want you to hit the people to the left or right. So it fit that way and then spun out in the front and the back. I think the best thing about it, though, is now we can have uh, like a team. Say we want to take a team down, Val, um, uh, to Adepticon. We could have our display board. And part of that is a button where an arm just comes out like this. And when it spins around, it punches your opponents. <laughs> Knocks uh, over the other display boards. Like you get like yeah. a little fucking robot yeah, yeah, thing going For on. sure. And we'll just say we have to do this to protect other people from using it uh, when we're not here. One thing that really caught my eye, I'm always uh, one for a American Psycho reference. And in a second here, we're going to pull up slide two of the slideshow, uh, which was one of the memes you made that, that pull, uh, caught my eye here, which is this guy. Yeah. Uh, Evan, looks like you're, you're pretty excited for a new Chaos Space Marine book. Well, when they failed to give us new corn berserkers when they released that new Karn. I just, I, it used up all my anger. I got so angry then. We got the new Karn and this whole themed book about corn berserkers. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just keep using those old models. And I'm like, they, they clearly don't care. And so I have to stop caring. Or I'll find myself. They obviously had really them. Great. Like, there's no way in hell they weren't already. <laughs> they they don't, didn't exist already. Or hear me out here, guys, and Val, you can jump in on this one, too. Yeah. Uh, much like the Butcher's Nails uh, increased the rage in Corn Berserkers, uh, forcing you to use 30-year-old models in your army <laughs> is its very own Butcher's Nail uh, <laughs> to get you in the right frame of mind for playing World Eaters. It, it, it definitely is. Uh, when, when going and finding Katachin arms to put on them is a better, a better move. There's a problem with the kit. 
Uh, Val, what are your takes? Uh, we're talking world leaders here, but they're not even in the new Chaos Space Marine Codex. But for the foreseeable future, they're going to be like a white dwarf article. What's your take on that? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure, actually, it's a Warhammer Plus um, perk is, is, is the way it's actually being rolled out. Um, After and, subscribing uh, for nine months, you yeah, get and if you subscribe for leaders. a year, you can go to your local Warhammer store and get one Corn Berserker, but it's actually an old Corn Berserker with Catachin arms. So it's like, I don't know, it's it's going to be a bit of a Lunchbox letdown, I think, personally. Um, That's fair. What do you, Evan, expect to see from this World Eaters supplement we're going to be getting? I think pretty much confirmed in June's Wide Dwarf. Chaos players complaining uh, is pretty much guaranteed. Uh, that's going to be the the primary uh, release there. Uh, what do you want to see uh, I from mean, world leaders? Like you, you don't need a rule called armor of contempt when it's it's a way of life, you know. <laughs> so like I think that's 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 what the chaos players bring to the table. So they don't they don't need that stuff. They don't need a second wound. They don't need all that stuff. They have they bring it with them. Yeah, they'll just be like, oh, I see you have the new world leaders army. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to lose you anyway because you're playing Tyranids. <laughs> Like you're e playing Imperial you do in player form. Uh, but what do you want to see from that world leaders army when we get it? Uh, definitely a plastic Angron, and then at least six to seven months before we get a new Space Marine Codex. That's the two, I think, big things I want to see out of it. And Truett, uh, uh, in chat there, uh, came up with the name of the role Mindset of Contempt, uh, which I think is well, legitimately one of my favorite, favorite comments from that. Um, it's great. Uh, what do you want to see from Chaos in general? I know you said Power Armor, um, but is that all you want to see kind of coming out of this Chaos book? What, what, do, what do you see uh, as Chaos Space Marines in 9th edition? I, I've always felt uh, Chaos Space Marines should be more the... It should be focused on the fallen legions, uh, or at least the renegade marines, uh, and a lot of those demon engines. I think should go to Codex Demons. You know, it just kind of makes sense there. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to see it. It should be um a. a if anyone's watched the new Stranger Things, the Space Marine Codex, the real world. Chaos Space Marines, the upside down. That's that's really what it should be. Uh, the the dark perversion and just uh, twisting all the uh, Space Marine rules to be more chaotic in flavor and nature. I think for John to understand the reference, you probably have to go with Superman and Bizarro Superman. That would probably, mm. that would probably yeah, ring more true. <laughs> that's fair. Now, Val, yeah. do you share the same wrong opinion that Chaos Space Marines should just be spiky loyalists? Well, I'm, again, I mean, there is an entire game where they don't even have spikes. So I, I, I think that, um, and I'm really talking about my ass here because I don't really know much. But like, I did read the first book of, uh, of uh, that Inquisitor one, Eisenhorn. And in that, Man. there's like one Space Marine who shows up, Chaos Space Marine shows up, and like everyone vomits and shits their pants. And like, but like mostly they were surrounded by like, like guys with like a claw leg and mm -hmm. uh, the, the dude from the Goonies. So like that, I feel like that's a good vibe. I feel like chaos space Marines should be a bit special and a part of sort of a, a wider chaotic melange, which is, I think yeah. perhaps where they're going with it. Yeah. Evan, how many CP would a stratagem to make your enemy poop themselves be? And now what would those effects be on the tabletop? Now, now Val's taking us down this rabbit hole, if you will.
this is going to be an older one from your page here for our, our next image that we're pulling up. Uh, we are looking at uh, some controversy you pulled up uh, where I saw it kind of in hindsight here, the Dallas Open terrible ruling. And then the London GTTOs are saying, hold my beer, assuming they made a worse ruling. So now we're, we're about a month removed from these events. Uh, what are you meaning by this picture here? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the terrible rulings. Uh, the London one was about models having to be exactly as pictured. That was it. Uh, so <laughs> the, their, their initial release of they have to be exactly as pictured on the box um, you know, my take was, okay, so the drop pod is in the air hurtling down at a 45 degree angle. Uh, and, oh, the front of the box, it's closed, the back of it's open. So what do you guys mean by exactly on the box? And then they had all these other, you know, people pointing all these things about, so does a tank have to have a crewman? Like the Lehman Rust doesn't need the guy hanging out the top. It just dominated the conversation for about but a day and a half before they Which realized like the decades in internet time. Like, yeah, good. They should the, make all those people in their Raiders model the Drakari in there until I pointed out that Landspeed or Storms had extra people on too. Uh, why do you think that they, they made this, the, this definitive ruling? Uh, I think it was just trying to get around um, crazy conversions and really the problem of people taking buying a ton of Harlequins off eBay and airbrushing them in, uh, in about four hours and leaving guns and riders off of them and then just putting them on because uh, clearly that Viper is what it is because it only has one loadout or not Viper, what mm -hmm. it, whatever it is. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I also like that so, no one's used a Viper in, 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 in any form of play for uh, decades now, and yet that's the only word I can think of, too, when I'm trying to think of whatever yeah. the Dark Elder well, did it Did it Manny just win something with Vipers in his list? Shut up, okay? I don't know anything. <laughs> I think Much that's less the first things that happened I've yesterday. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've seen him in a while, so maybe now we're going to see him everywhere because Manny used him, right? But uh, no, that's the only thing I can think of. That's that's what a small Eldar two-man craft is, a Viper. Anything else is just some variation of that. Competitive versus narrative. A tale of as old as time. Uh, and when you started playing, did you view yourself as a narrative player or a competitive player? Uh, when I started, I didn't make a distinction. Uh, I just played 40K with friends. I was you know, a garage hammer kind of, you know, kitchen table in middle school playing with playing with friends. I don't know which side of the fence. I, I don't get to play enough to land on the competitive side of things. Got small kids, and but I like going to events, big events with a lot of people. So uh, when I can go to those, I just try to have fun. Yeah. Uh, Val, as someone who also has kids and doesn't enjoy going to big events like you do, uh, what what is the difference between a narrative and a, a competitive player? Uh, what would your definition be between the two? I have actually said many times that it's I don't say bad at Warhammer. I think they're bad at losing. I think I think people who get really upset about losing tend to be folks who haven't learned that skill. Because losing is losing is is hard, and most children. Uh, when they lose, uh, don't take it so well. And I'm not saying people who who like 
are, call themselves narrative or, or children. I think I'm digging myself deep in a hole. What I'm saying is that like it's hard to play a game and suck at it and keep your head up and you know maintain some perspective. For me, especially during the game, literally three milliseconds after the game's over, I'm like, "Wow, that was fun, guys!" During the game, I'm having an existential crisis, melting down, like full tantrum mode. So, like, I'm definitely not a a good example of of, of this. But I do think that like a, a lot of it is everyone likes to win, and so I think a lot of people hide behind this idea that um, uh, the reason they aren't they're not winning is because of something someone else is doing. And what I've always appreciated and enjoyed about the competitive scene is that that's not what it's about. It's about what you're doing and how you mm-hmm. can and how you can, um, you know, find ways to win the game, do things differently, analyze it and come back and try again. And it's not for everything. It's not for everybody. And quite frankly, if I actually believed <clears throat> because I've been at like in Toronto, we got a we got a quote, narrative gaming group and I've been to their game nights and everyone's bringing the, the, the best list that they think is good. You know, now that was seventh edition to current day. Everyone brings what they think is good and they get real disappointed when it's not good. And so I think that's really most of the time. Most people are not stringing together narratives and, and, and naming their guys and progressing and writing fanfic and shit. No one's like a very small minority of people are doing that. And those who do it, great, good on you. Even those people who don't do it, cool. I would just say explore more a little bit about your own personal accountability about how you react to these things and uh, playing games that you like for example yeah i'm playing warhammer fantasy battles right now guys um oh and that's but that's honestly a reaction to the fact that i wasn't i was being a whiny bee all the time right like it's i don't want to be that guy so like if you don't like it do something else lots of people agreeing with you here val also uh, someone here calling you daddy val which chad i'm going to ask you never to say again uh that is that is not okay um <laughs> but well, the war really erupted because of this take here on this next picture we're going to look at where they said, and all this chess clock noise, and guys, I did not want to touch on chess clock. Val's been a BAO all weekend. I can't keep him up till three in the morning talking about this. Uh, my thoughts on the important non-contentious things are calling yourself a narrative player is an excuse for being bad at Warhammer. <laughs> and someone responded with calling yourself a competitive player is an excuse for being bad at painting Warhammer. Uh, what about those of us who can't paint or play? Uh, what you got to do is have a company uh, host a podcast for you, uh, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, Val, you were saying. Uh, I can't remember. That's funny. Uh, hold on. Hold on. It'll come. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, there are so many examples of admired players, like Sean Naden springs to mind. I, I'm a very large Lawrence Baker fanboy. Um, and, like, all of the, 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 the long list of people who are, like, diehard for their faction, who, like, are always playing, um, uh, who are always just playing what they want to play, and usually playing it as well as they can with the frame of reference of realizing that maybe it's suboptimal, but they understand that going in, right? Like, I think that's the difference. It's, it's when, like, when reality doesn't meet your expectations and there's that dissonance there. You know, that's where you get, that's where, like, things get down to, like, degraded down to, like, well, you're shit at painting. Like, well, no, man, like, fuck. I don't know. It just seems, it seems lame to me. Finally, on the narrative front here, uh, we have uh, this guy. Uh, he says, what are people's thoughts and ideas of dragons in 40K? Does that sound cool? Um, Evan? Chaos already has one. 
What, the hell well, turkey, right? <laughs> right? Well, <that's> bird. <laughs> Would dragons be cool uh, in a more in a more wide setting? Or do you think he's only pl asking this after playing uh, dominant dragon-based meta in Age of Sigmar over the last six months? I got two uh, giant dinosaurs, so I'm fucking I'm 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 like firmly on team cool with dragons. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Evan. You don't seem to be on the fence because yeah, we have one know, bad chaos unit that's technically a dragon. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I don't think we need need more of them. Uh, I, I'd like my sci-fi to be a little bit more sciency. <laughs> oh, but you so say, we can you say, You're saying dragons are bad at math? You ever heard Smog? <laughs> that guy, that guy knew his multiplication table. What are you killing? What? Come on! You took a single gold coin from him. He would know. How do we know, know the 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 new League of Votan is not going to come with dragons uh, who hoard all of the data servers that the Votan have and then sleep on them. Uh, like a bed of, of data servers. That's that's who they would be trying to take their data servers back from. Is is the space dragon? Isn't there a dragon in Mars somewhere? Isn't isn't there some the, sort the, of the void dragon? Did they? Did it... I think the void dragon is technically a person who gave himself a cool edge lord nickname, yeah. uh, rather than like an actual dragon. Uh, he's an old timey dude in a green suit behind a curtain, <laughs> pulling levers and asking you not to look behind it. <laughs> Aren't all the Satan models, except for the most recent ones, just like a, like a stamp mold? Like they just like they, they, are they make license like, years old. They make license yeah. plates and and Satans next to each other on the line. Like, <laughs> Guys, uh, just checking in real quick. Let's check in on Danny. See if he's got the in-flight Wi-Fi working yet. Does look like we're still waiting for him to. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna let this play. Um, it looks like we're still waiting for him to enter his full credit card number, which is available in our show notes. Uh, go ahead and uh, <laughs> find out. So yeah, it's our favorite time of the, the, the week. It's bad takes. Uh, guys, Tau Hatred is rearing his ugly head again. And even with signals from the frontline co-host and giant man baby Seth Alster piloting a plasma list to fifth place finish this weekend at a major with his only loss coming at the hands of eventual winner Brad Chester. Uh, Brad Chester, by the way, treated Seth in their game with the same willful levels of violence that he treats his own liver. Uh, <laughs> people aren't happy. Uh, Evan, when will the Tau hate end? Uh, when I, when they stop putting up uh, big titty Tau, uh, <laughs> Tau pictures on Facebook all the time. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, so never in that case. If they if they can't stop, won't stop. Then never. Val, you're stuck uh, in this like weird little loop where you can stop this Tau thing, but you would also have to stop posting your Roll Thirty Four anime art. <laughs> um, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think that the 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 large titty Tau is actually a an attempt to an attempt from the Tau community, a misguided one, perhaps at uh, perhaps trying to endear themselves to the wider community by doing that which they think. Uh, you know, might be appreciated, which is uh, by making incredibly sexualized, cloven-hoofed uh, female Tau models all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think actually, I think like it's actually perhaps a, a like a, 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 a misguided attempt uh, at connection. Now, for a genuinely awful take, um, Val, I'm going I'm to ask you about this one here first. Uh, Games Workshop purposely sells models at increased costs. To keep minorities from entering the hobby. Oh. So Val. Oh. Well, with with that in mind, this very balanced, reasonable, uh, no way wrong take. Uh, well, what's your thoughts there? This is a hot. This is a hot potato right here, bud. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, <laughs> well, I mean, one thing, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of condescending in the sense that it implies that minorities can't afford Warhammer and that, it, like, what? Like, they're all, no, no one is able to, to achieve a lifestyle that includes Warhammer. I think that's a bit, bit harsh, um, uh, and, uh, prejudiced yeah. as well in its own right. And, um, you know, implied, uh, you know, prejudice, uh, of, of Games Workshop is usually, uh, I think more blatantly represented in the models themselves. Um, rather than any sort of, uh, you know, obtuse uh, pricing uh, approach to keeping people out of this game. Yeah. Uh, Evan, why would anyone in their right mind make this insane argument? Uh, I, it's patently wrong, because I mean, that's also then applying that uh, Australians and New Zealand is a minority, right? So, <laughs> their prices are... <laughs> Are insane. <laughs> so, Maybe it's like, just a really like, bitter Australian uh, who doesn't want to spend seven hundred dollars on heresy. Uh, guys, I think it's ludicrous to suggest that, um, especially when you can click the link in the show notes to buy all of your hobby supplies from Frontline Gaming at FrontlineGaming.org, where you can buy all of your Games Workshop products at a discount. And guys, while we're shilling away here. Uh, I'm sure someone's going to put a shield counter up here eventually. Uh, it's time to remind you that tickets will be going live on Monday, June 6th for the Las Vegas Open 2023. Uh, this year, in our new home of the Rio, the Las Vegas Open will be the biggest and best ever. Uh, the Rio will be in full operation this year with the restaurants will all be open. And you can get a special rate through Frontline's exclusive room block. Uh, you will not want to miss out on the biggest wargaming event in the world. Grab your tickets starting on Monday, June 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Tickets will sell out for this. So grab yours as soon as possible. Monday, June 6th, 10 a.m. Pacific. Man, Val, I do love the fact that you can cut to your gym face of just like, no. Um, that, that was real, yeah, real good. Uh, I would also say that uh, for those people who attended last LVO, you'll be pleased to know that they've hired uh, another uh, person for the Starbucks. So uh, that, that, uh, that should speed it right oh. up. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into the real salt of the matter. The Horus Heresy community. Oh, yeah. Uh, Horus oh, Heresy is getting ready to explode. And <laughs> no. people are really mad about it? <clears throat> 2.0, which I'm assuming is referring to the newest heresy, is a failed abortion evidenced by walkers having a toughness value. Quick pause right recently... there. Quick pause right there. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm just, maybe I'm wrong about this. Okay. But wouldn't. Wouldn't wouldn't a failed abortion result in a result Successful in a baby? Game. Yeah, <laughs> just throw. <this. laughs> yeah, yeah. So like they're, they're they're obviously super jazzed about it um, because of the toughness values on dreadnoughts and walkers now, um, and also the recently previewed Ultramarines Legion trait. Yeah, proved the game is bad by like talking about the worst Legion. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. When I say 2.0 is a cluster hack, I've already been planning to have to redo a significant portion of the rules to bring it back in line with 7th edition. If we could pause there real quick as well. Um, 7th edition, objectively, uh, the worst edition of 40k I think I've ever played. Did you not play 6? Because that's objectively the worst. Well, that, yeah. that's fair. It, it wasn't great. Uh, but trying to change rules to pull stuff back to that time, not not your best move. Um, uh, I can't even guarantee I'll have a portion of it finished before Warzone, much less widely distributed given the work pace that has been set by the company. 
Uh, so this, uh, if you guys can't tell, this is this is from a player in the Texas area. Uh, I don't know if we're all surprised. Uh, like, if we could just, by the way, Val, have a, a Val Jim button where we can just press it and just throw up random reactions of you. I'd be super happy about that. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to channel my 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 Danny. I mean, he, he, he does have an excellent uh, pencil. Uh, reaction face. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Evan, well, what, what's your take on this guy here who the rules are so bad, he's going to rewrite them all before he's even read them? Well, well, one, why wouldn't you just, if you're really unhappy, why wouldn't you just keep playing with the rule set that you, you had? Why do you need to reinvent, reinvent it all? Because uh, you clearly were happy with the one for the last decade. Uh, so that's just odd that you would put in all that effort. Uh, two, uh, he's he's wrong. <laughs> he's, he's just he's absolutely wrong. Uh, I, I do like this is the guy who's complaining <laughs> about the the speed of their release pace. Is the same person is probably complaining that they haven't released fires. Uh, the new Imperial Armor book, uh, either. So like you know, oh, I'm still I'm still salty about side. that. Take a side. <laughs> So we have like Evan here saying they're just they're wrong and they're expanding past out. Val, uh, you put up very several excellent grammar-based points already on this here, or, or you know word-based points. Uh, mm. What what's your take on this? Is this something the community should be rewriting wholesale before it's out? Well, yeah. all right. So fundamentally, and this is a, this is a super cop-out take, but yeah, do whatever the hell you want. Just don't complain. You use words like abortion on the internet. Like if you're gonna write your friggin' fanfic rules, just write them, publish them, tell people you like them, great. There's probably full groups just for that. Don't do it in, in, in this form of some sort of flagellant self, I don't even know what this is. This is, this is just gross. I, I, like, why? I mean, this, I mean, I remember when a Wraith Knight was, had toughness value and a Dreadnought didn't, and it's stupid. And I assume this dichotomy exists in the heresy. Am I am I ignorant? Am I ignorant to this? No, it it exists because uh, like a bunch of Mechanicum robots have toughness, and right? They just kill dreadnoughts. Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a fun dichotomy. Like your Terminator, yeah. which is a tactical <laughs> dreadnought armor, has toughness, dumbass. So what? What? Why? Why would your dreadnought dreadnought, your strategic dreadnought, if you will, armor, um, ha not have a toughness? Who knows? I didn't call you Evan so, a dumbass. I, I was speaking more no, no, uh, I, I, the, I, I, the royal dumbass in this case. I will the, say, the... <laughs> what, what is interesting in this here um, is 40K almost has the opposite effect here, where you have people um, saying that the rules are, are so bad that they have to redo them before they're released. And with 40K, um, before books are even coming out, we're seeing things come out saying like, hey, we have to redo this because this book is too powerful. So we're kind of like having the opposite thing coming in. Why do you think that that is? Why do you think the 30K players want to regress their game and the 40K people kind of want to over-progress it? Uh, I think it's because, one, uh, you do have a more... Uh, I hate because we were making the comparison of narrative versus competitive earlier, but there is more of a tournament scene and people playing typically more for stakes or you know in tournaments for pole positions and they're worried about things being broken and you know the relative strength of things or like a meta coming out where you know you have iron hands dominating for months on end or dark eldar dominating for months on end things like that people are worried always 
cautious about that. Whereas, you know, the the heresy folks are at least this flavor of person that wants to do this level of change. Uh, you know, they don't want someone to to move their cheese, right? They they don't want they fear change, um, and they don't want uh, to be disturbed in what they see as their what belongs to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yes. Um, and while on the plus side, they're only talking about the rules and oh, no, they're talking about the players too. Uh, as we see in this next one where he's complaining that, so you're sacrificing a third of your community that you've played with forever for a bunch of new people. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I probably am. Um, so I'm just going to point what just again, right off the hop here. So sure. if, if, <laughs> Why wouldn't he go with two thirds or three quarters? You know, like, it, why would I give a shit about one third of the community? There's a minority of the community, and I'm clearly expanding the potential amount of. I'm probably going to, if I'm talking about a third of a small pie, why do I care about you if I'm trying to bake a larger pie in which you might just be in, maybe you'd be an eighth? Or a 16th or whatever other dumb fraction Americans use to measure things. So I think I think this guy sucks too. I'm just going to go yeah. out there and say that. Evan, if kind of this level of mindset led to 30K just being three people playing it in their garage. Does this make 30K the ultimate casual game? <laughs> uh, no, I think that's uh, Warlord Games. And any, any <laughs> Warlord Games. <laughs> um... I just want to get it out there. The 30k is a casual game, uh, but please, Val, you're 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 waving wildly over there. Yeah, because this is a casual thing again. There's nothing casual about people who use sacrifice and abortion when describing something happening to their game. They're, these people are very serious. They're just serious about things that weren't that others aren't maybe not serious serious about, and so they focus on things, uh, but they take it tremendously seriously. And I think when Again, when there's that dissonance, when something is not matching what your mental image of it is, I think Evan already summed this up really nicely. Um, that's when you get their brain rip in half and they take to the internet and uh, embarrass themselves. Guys, let's cleanse ourselves uh, of some really bad takes and move on. Uh, remembering, of course, that this next meme tells us, oh, dread it off the lake, what is your wisdom? <laughs> Even if you think your models are not as good as someone else's, that doesn't mean you can't be proud of what you've created. Dread out of the Evan, lake, yeah. Evan, is that true? Uh, yes, that is. So, Evan, you... realizing what show you're on, is that true? <laughs> uh, as we ask ourselves, why would someone make this one here? The Uicron. Uh, <laughs> uh, Evan, using only positive words, please review this model. It's, uh, it's painted. Good. It you is. Take it. Taking the time to assemble and paint and base fully base your model. Thank you for the for that effort. Would you spend five dollars on this STL? Because that's how much it costs. I'd pay ten bucks to have it printed for me, probably. <laughs> you wouldn't sell your printer with it, but someone else's. No one stick animation protocols, no more thickrons. Uh, none at all. We don't have any more slides or any more pictures of any more thickrons. There's no point in even moving to slide 17 right now. Oh, damn it. Well, there's another one right there. Wow. 
Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Evan, what, why does she have hair? Uh, this is what people that uh, played Mass Effect a few too many times and just went <laughs> into Tali. This is what they end up with. That's why. Um, I don't know. The hair, maybe. You know, you have a secret Cortana fetish, something like that. Oh, I don't think anyone's. Secret, <laughs> I think my, so my biggest thing is what's with the Heath Ledger mouth scar going on here? Like the, the Joker face she's got. It's what's the story there, Nick? Distract you from her humongous boobs that get in the way of the cannon. Bazungas. Yeah. We're going to cut out today. Uh, it's a lot of amazingly talented production staff recover from the rigors of the Bay Area Open, uh, which from a production standpoint looked great. But the important thing to remember is that the crew put in a ton of work the whole weekend. Uh, with these guys here, Val, uh, producer Dickie, even Magikarp Usefly himself, Matt, helping produce an amazing stream. Or as uh, my missed co-host Danny so eloquently put it, uh, it's pretty cool for Matt to show up for this one. Uh, <laughs> which, again, guys, it's grim after dark, uh, but we are pretty petty. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for coming along. Go ahead, plug your stuff. I'm just going to, again, I'm, I'm going to let you finish, but I just need to point out uh, to the audience that I'm clearly not in this photo. Uh, I am not here. Is that, I thought that was you in the very back above. No, that's, uh, that is head. definitely not me. That is Nick Horton. That is another person. That is Magic Carabuse Fly. That's, uh, that's Kicker in the front there. And, and Tech Bree Sticky in the middle. And they did do an outstanding job. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, it, it really, I think, I don't know, kind of painted a bit of a picture, I think, of, of uh, what good streams can look like, and there's lots of competing options out there, and I think we're just going to hopefully keep honing our craft. Uh, I can't wait until next week, as one of the humblest guys in 40K content creation, Colin Sherman from the Best in Faction podcast, will be here uh, to talk about his annual charity event, Charity Hammer, and he'll let you know how he talked me into entering a tournament I have no place in playing in. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Val, thank you so much for, for being my replacement, Danny, this week. Uh, Danny and I will be back next Monday. But as always, uh, pretty grim after dark.